Hello again. At last year's conference, Dylan Collins kicked everything off with a challenge to us, the children's media industry, to develop new models of working that would generate new revenue, especially to help the digital sector become more sustainable. Since then, Dylan says he's been doing his bit, achieving that, and shortly he'll be making an announcement about a new initiative that he believes will generate significant new revenue for content creators in our sector. Hooray! In the planning for this session, however, there have been some rigorous, strongly held positions about the perceived costs and risks, as well as the merits and rewards of Dylan's approach to this issue. That prompted him to assert, there aren't enough arguments in this industry. There are too few people leading how our industry is developing. So, today we're hoping to start an argument. An argument that we hope will create positive changes for all of us. And to start the provocations, I'm delighted to welcome back head fire starter, Dylan Collins. Hopefully this mic is working. There we go. Um, thank you very much, Sue. I brought a towel to mop up the blood, because there may be some. Um, the, uh, those of you who know me know that I, I, I occasionally use bad language and swear words. So just a little advisory. I'm gonna, we're we're going to show an instructional video. It includes all of the above. If you could shoot the video. Thanks. I need one what? of those. What's that? What, a pushback? No. <laughs> the case. I've got a pushback, anyway. What's that, Nim? Alright. State your name, cuz. Stormzy, innit? And what are we doing today? Wrecking, innit? Yeah? <laughs> Fucking wrecking, innit? Yeah? Fire in the park. <laughs> Let's go. Man, should I say he's better than me? Tell my man, shut up. Shut up. Mention my name in your tweets. I rule by shut up. Shut up. How can you be better than me? Shut up. Shut up. The best in the scene. Tell my man, shut look, up. Couple man call me a backup dancer. On stage at the Brits, I'm a backup dancer. If that makes me a backup dancer, the man in your vids, backup dancer. The man in your pics, backup dancer. Man, wanna chat about backup dancer? Big man like me with a beard, I'm a big man, how the fuck can I back up? Comes everywhere I go, I can't run with my enemies show Walk in a club with all of my tugs, parties done, everybody go home Got from the girl, them you lot say Walk in a club with a girl, say hey Tell a man like I'm K to the A There's no champagne, we don't break Yeah, I'm the best, I'm so cocky I got a mob like ASAP Rocky I set trends, dumb man copy They catch feelings, I catch bodies They roll deep, I roll squaddy Got about 25 goons in my posse They drink Baileys, I drink bossy I get murky, they get worried if you got a I feel so much better. Um, one of the best things about rap, well, everything, but one of the things that is extremely instructional about rappers is that they move in squads. They move in posses. You know, they go to a park, and they don't go to a park in ones or twos. They go in like 27s or 48s. You know, or in, in, the, in, in, in the case of um, Wu-Tang Clan, about 937 at the last count. Um, the other thing I, I very much like about rappers is that they do not do things incrementally. It's one of the things I want to talk about today. I hate incremental. I hate incremental change. It's going to become a little bit clearer um, in a few minutes. And I'm, I'm going to really try and keep this tight. Um, I, for various reasons, I ended up rewriting this entirely last night, which was definitely a good idea. Um, 
This, this data came out this morning. This is one of the reasons I wanted to rewrite it. It came out from Andreessen Horowitz, which are pretty much the number one venture capital uh, fund in the world. Um, and it shows the growth of internet advertising. Um, and you can see it, uh, it's that orange line that's essentially going vertical in North America and Western Europe. Uh, and the one that's declining uh, quite uh, nastily is print. Um, so that's essentially what the digital world is doing in aggregate. Now, let's look at the kid space. We have to go right down over here. This is the digital spend in the kids market. So, normal, us, problem. So this is what we, this is what I have seemingly dedicated part of my life to doing. Um, started off as a little bit of an accident. Um, but fundamentally, the challenge that is in front of us, and this is not me saying that TV is dying, TV is, is actually very healthy, but in terms of how digital must grow, that little, somewhat embarrassing green line here has got to get at least up to there. That is the definition of not incremental, right there. That's why I don't like incremental change, because everyone talks about, and, and if you look at a lot of the subjects, the subject matter in the conversation over the last few days at the conference, it has been about, there's been a lot of discussion of, you know, gradually moving into digital and gradually doing things. We need a lot more than gradual activity. Um, and I think one of the, the um, you know, the questions that I have for everybody here to think about going home is, are we going to let other companies do this for us? Are we going to let other companies that do not have kids' DNA baked into them lead the digital part of our industry? And if you find a retailer, ask them how they feel about that concept, something that we have seen happen. Um, I do not think that we are changing fast enough. I do not think we are changing fast enough at all. Um, Depending on, on how you're going to vote, you may or may not recognize what this is. Um, it's the EU, which either are or aren't in, depending on the day of the week. Um, in the US, there is data privacy legislation for kids for the under-13 market called COPPA. You're all familiar with it. If you're not, familiarize yourself with it. The EU are currently passing the same legislation. The EU is currently moving. The EU, a government body which I have still never seen any direct evidence of, are moving faster than us as an industry to create structure for our industry. We cannot move as fast as the EU. That's embarrassing. We need to fix that. Um, I think as well, uh, we need to talk about what digital content is for kids and how it is going to be different from TV. And I want to talk about public broadcasting a little bit. Um, I, uh, I'm meant to be talking about as, as part of this, and I promised Greg I was going to do it, and then I told him just before that I wasn't. Um, I'm meant to be summarizing a lot more of everything I've seen and experienced over the last couple of days uh, that, I've, that I've been here. Um, but last night I went to, the, to Jenny Seeley's keynote. Who else was there? Holy shit, that thing was amazing. She is amazing. And um, 
for me, it, it, it really changed everything that I was going to talk about. And it made me sit down and essentially rewrite and reposition um, a lot of what I, what I want to talk about today. Um, what came across from Jenny's keynote is not, not the need for just change, but the need for radical change. Essentially, the need for anything other than incremental change. Um, you know, because if, if we don't see that, and if she doesn't see that, you know, then we are, we are going to be the metaphorical frogs being boiled to death. And I think, you know, as I said, we can lead this change ourselves, or we can allow other people um, to do this for us. And, you know, for those of you in the room, some of you are real influencers of strategic change. And a lot of you are, are, are not as well. And I know it <laughs> doesn't always reflect your job title. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I know and have met a lot of, lot of the C-levels in the industry, and, 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 and they know me. Um, and they are absolutely sick of me barging my way into boardrooms um, and demanding that they listen to my, well, demands um, and various proposals. But look, the reality is that right now, the industry needs to grow. A pair of balls. Um, <laughs> This is what happens when you write it late at night. You should have put it on the same page. Um, you know, we need to stop thinking incrementally about change, and we need to start developing new ideas that can actually define our industry for us. We need to start acting as a coherent squad, a coherent posse. Um, I never, ever thought I would have the, the um, good fortune to be standing up in front of the kids' industry, the bastions of, of, of everything that is the kids' industry, and suggesting that we follow what RAP has defined for us as an organizational structure. But yes, I am. Um, and I think we should start that right now. Does everyone have their phones with them? Hold them up, please. Turn them on. You're not going to have a signal in here, which is unfortunate, but we can still make this work. So Jenny was talking about last night, and if you haven't seen the keynote, I know it's going to be available very, very soon. We are, as a unit, going to help make a material difference to Jenny's theatre group. So you are all going to put this in, and as you have it done, I want you to hold up your phones. And if I don't see anyone holding up a phone in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to point at you. then go into debt. <laughs> it's a fiver, dude. Then, I suppose, in truth, you have bigger issues. But, you know, <laughs> let's do this. Okay, 10 seconds, because we're tight on time. Phones up if you've done it. I know it's weirdly hard to send normal text messages on iPhones. It's strange quirk of progress. Good, up. Okay, excellent, more. Good, good. Okay, thank you, keep doing it. You can sort of put your phones down. That was how we deliver real change that was not just incremental. Typically, Jenny's group are only gonna get a tiny handful of donations every day. What we did there was probably 20 or 30 or maybe 40x what she normally gets. And all it took was me standing up here being a total bully, right? But it shows that we can actually operate um, as a team, 
as a unit um, in this industry. And I think that's quite important. And Greg, sorry, I was going to walk through some other things, but I just think that, you know, if again, if you haven't seen what Jenny had to say last night, um, please go and stream it, watch it, learn about what she's doing. Um, it's very important. Now, I also wanted to, to report back to you guys. As Sue said, you know, we, we, we rather arrogantly stood up here last year and said, hey, there's a bunch of stuff broken, it should be fixed. We have taken it upon ourselves to try and fix it for the kids industry. Fundamentally, we believe that we have got to build tools for both content developers and also for advertisers as well to help make the industry work. So it's tools for us, by us. That is how we believe it. So you can consider us the plumbers, the builders of the kids industry. You could describe us as the butlers of the kids industry. But we are actually here to serve you guys. And I want to give you a report card on what we've done. Um, so we launched an advertising platform. Um, obviously, this was about two years ago now. So this is a full, it's, it's a big piece of technology. It's designed for the kids industry and all the data privacy requirements. It's now been used by about 80% of probably the, the, of the big independent kids digital brands out there to provide safe advertising. We have created a new market by creating something specifically for us. Um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on. But you know, we have now become, and, and, and to be honest, we weren't thinking about this at the start, one of the biggest funders of digital kids content in Europe at this point. Because we, we drive that advertising revenue to our content partners. Um, you know, so we are helping you know, the next Roblox and the next Binweevils and the next Outfit 7s slowly move up through the ranks in terms of providing them with a funding structure. That is what we do. It is in our interest to make that amount of money as big as possible so that the ecosystem gets larger. So we've done this. Um, about two months ago, we rolled out something called KidAware, which was an agency certification program. So we are now going around to all of the marketing and advertising agencies around the world and we are giving them training programs specifically for the under 13 space that teaches them how to do digital marketing responsibly and safely. And they are all jumping on it. So we have the, literally the biggest agencies in the world are now going through uh, KidAware certification. Uh, not only in the UK, but in the US, in Asia. The brands have now requested it as well. The reason this is important is that the more definition and the more safety and the more framework that we can bring to the people who ultimately control the budget purse strings, the more that we can help that amount going into the industry actually grow. So once we can make people feel confident that they can safely run marketing campaigns in this sector, you know, which are fun and educational, then we grow the pie. So we've done that. Um, this week, we also announced a set of tools for content creators called Kids Web Services. Uh, none of these are the actual announcement, by the way. Just been a, been a busy few weeks. Um, this is particularly relevant if you're, you're building sites or apps for kids in the US, but it's about to become the law in, in, in Europe. Uh, where essentially, you know, if you are doing registration for kids, you now have to get a set of parental verification. Um, there are a lot more lawyers who are showing up into marketing meetings. Um, we're finding that. So the kids web services platform is a set of tools that content developers can just plug in. So we basically handle all the liability. We handle all the parental verification 
fundamentally, we're trying to make it easier to create content for the under 13 market and safer. So we, we have a dedicated team constantly building this so you don't have to worry about it. We take the liability, not you. You just get on with creating amazing content. And that's what we're doing with, with, with KWS. Um, and I think that's a pretty big thing to, to, to bring to the market. Um, so that's what we've been doing. Um, we make a lot of noise about what we do, not just because I'm Irish. Um, the reason we make a lot of noise about what we do is so that people can understand that it, it, it exists and that people can get involved with it. Because we need, we need more leadership in this space. If you look at the amount of investment dollars that have gone into the kids industry, specifically for the under 13 market, it is almost exactly zero. Almost. Uh, it's actually about $15 million compared to approximately, I'm not making this up, about $15 billion that have gone into all the other sectors. So we have a real problem here, and we, we are going to have to build our own platforms and our own tools in order to grow that bar chart that I showed you earlier, and that is, that is what we try to do. Now, there's a couple more things that I came here to talk about today. Um, one of them is small. Um, but not insignificant, and, well, the other is just big. Um, so today, um, we wanted to, to tell you guys first, really, before we went out to tell the world, um, we are launching the something that, on the face of it, looks pretty simple. It's just a white padlock. Um, but this represents the Awesome Ads initiative. Um, and this watermark is going to appear on every single ad that we control, which is in the hundreds of millions every month. And any time you see this watermark on an ad, it will be 100% kid safe, will be 100% COPA compliant and EU compliant. And fundamentally, if you are a teacher, if you are a parent, if you are a guardian, you're looking at this with your kids, it is 100% safe to tap or safe to click, depending on what device you're using. Um, and we think that's important. Um, so you're going to see that appearing over the next few weeks. You'll see a lot of media about it. You'll see other large groups who are joining um, what we're doing um, in terms of defining this new standard for under 13 so that we can make it safe. And you're probably curious, well, how do you guys, you know, what, what do you guys do to make it completely safe? Well, we actually have a team of folks uh, and a whole bunch of processes. We have a three-stage review process for every single ad creative that goes out. Um, we have the teams that actually engage with the brands. We then have the internal production teams that do two reviews. They review not only for the imagery and the content, but in terms of compliance with standards on a country-by-country -country basis. We push back and say no quite a lot of the time. Um, people get quite annoyed by the fact that we push back and say no. But this is everything that is happening behind that padlock. And we also make sure that we vet and review all the content where the advertising is actually appearing as well. I hope this is making you feel reassured when you see this logo. And I hope if you're sitting down and you know, you're looking at it or playing a game or, or interacting with something with your child and you see this, you'll kind of go, actually, this is what happens when you see this logo. There's all these people and robots, which we've yet to replace the people with, um, 
and they are doing all that work to make sure that this is safe. And it's, it's difficult to scale, but we are doing this now, as I said, at the hundreds of millions of ad units every month, and we think that's important. You're going to see more about that later on, but this is not a press announcement or a media announcement. This is an, in, an industry announcement to you guys. Um, I guess this brings me to the second point. Um, this year will deliver tens of millions of dollars to, co to kids' content creators around the world. Um, you know, we've achieved that from literally a zero base about two years ago when we began. Um, I'm not going to be here next year, because Greg's probably going to ban me um, for, for going off script, but, or any number of other reasons. Um, but two years from now, I'm going to come back. And two years from now, we're putting this up on the board to tell you what we're going to get to. We are going to be deploying $100 million into kids' content creation digitally around the world. Um, and we are doing that by defining what kids-safe advertising is, by building the platforms, by building the tools. When we started in this industry, a lot of people kind of laughed at us a little bit and said, uh, you know, you guys are ad guys, um, you know, or you guys are too technical. Um, maybe we are all of those things. But the nature of digital content is so different from TV content. Digital content for kids is always going to be more commercial than TV content. It is simply the nature of the internet. So we've got to make sure that we control the standards and the platforms and the infrastructure to keep our kids safe and to allow it all to be economically viable. So I'm going to finish with one question. This is what we're doing. We're going to get to $100 million to push this market and to do something that is much, much more than incremental change. And as you all go back to your offices and homes and startups and large companies and everything in between, I would like you to respond to that question. And nothing that is incremental is an acceptable answer at all. Thank you all very much, ladies and gentlemen. So, don't go yet. Don't let those two guys go. Stop them. <laughs> don't worry, the doors are locked. You can't get out anyway. Um, we have five, maybe six minutes um, for Q&A. Um, so, if you have questions, please raise your hands. I'm here. I'm, I'm in. Hiya. Um, I'm Alison Stewart. I work for CBBS, BBC Children's, one of the PSBs that you're talking about. Um, I, I guess you were in the session this morning when Alice, our director, was outlining the changes going on. I'm not going to say the I word, because they are happening already. Um, but obviously what you're talking about and what you're going to be doing um, is significant to the business, a business that needs the funding. And I guess the conversations with the PSBs who are moving along as well will happen over those two years. So when you come back and you're delivering your $100 million in two years' time, maybe the way that we're working and the way that you perceive we've been working will be quite different. Um, we will have dialogue. I, I hope we'll have dialogue a lot sooner than that. And, right and, now, yeah. And, 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 well, we're talking now, right? Um, the, and to be clear, I, I'm not in any way beating up PSBs. I wish that 
we could go back in time 20 years and essentially replicate that structure, structure on the internet. It would be a very, very different place. Unfortunately, we can't, and it isn't. Um, and I think, hopefully, that you know, everything, all the initiatives that are being pushed forward will help. Um, it is, I, I do believe it is going to take unreasonable people to really move things forward, anything beyond incrementally. But I think as long as we are moving, that is good. I'm just saying that it's not satisfactory and we have got to find ways of, of, of accelerating far faster than that. I think the, the, the role that PSBs have within the kids' content market is critical, particularly as everyone coming from a TV background or, or, or film production background moves into digital, um, particularly around funding structures. But I think as well, there's, you know, there, there is going to, be have to, going to have to be recognition broadly that you know, digital content has to have monetization baked into it in some shape or form from a viability perspective for the actual creators. But I, I yeah, I, I, I hope we can talk sooner than two years from now, but I'll, I'll put it into my calendar as a backup. <laughs> yeah, and I'll put several in between now and that two years. Excellent, excellent. So thinking about how multi-channel networks work on YouTube, are there going to be opportunities for apps that are using your, your platform to cross-promote? using the, through the advertising and kind of bump up their, their revenue? Yeah, I mean, again, because we review both the content that ads are going to and the actual ads themselves, um, we have to satisfy ourselves that we, we, have, we have content policies, both um, publisher content and advertiser content. So once everything gets through our screening process, then that can be done. I think the, one of the big challenges for everybody, and YouTube are addressing this with their YouTube Kids mobile platform, is that regular YouTube is not for under 13s. And there is more and more and more pushback and FTC pushback and EU pushback against this. Um, so again, it, 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 you know, it comes back to, you know, we, we couldn't deliver an ad, for example, that would take a child to a regular YouTube piece of content because that would breach everything. Um, I was m meaning as uh, an analogy between the different channels promoting each other and then sort of therefore increasing their audiences across the network. Oh, from, across, oh, from a pure cross-promotion perspective. Yeah. Yes, although again, we, you know, it, it's, it's, you've got to make sure that you manage um, content conflict between publishers. Um, you're, you're starting to unveil just how complicated our lives actually are in terms of what we do. Because we manage brand conflict in terms of brand X saying they don't want to be anywhere near brand Y, um, and also content conflict where you have exactly the same sort of thing. So if you can imagine an immense traffic management operation um, overlaid with like a house of cards style political um, map, that's roughly what we deal with. Oh, we've got, oh, we got one more, one more. Okay. We haven't had enough bloodletting, so uh, so Dylan, brilliant. A year on, you've done amazing stuff. Um, I think you tapped, you started to hint on some of the complexities, especially when you start talking about YouTube. If you're saying YouTube, you wouldn't link to YouTube, but you're going to link to 100% verified sites. You're starting to talk about how porous the internet is. Very few children's sites would not have a link to internet. So how far is your 100% absolutely safe, secure? No one's ever going to get help. We're not going to have a Habbo Hotel incident on our, um, on our doorstep. Are you prepared to state your reputation on? 
I, I stake my reputation on, on, on everything we announce. I mean, the, the don't bring Habbo Hotel into it, dude. That's a whole other, other thing. I mean, what, one, of the, one of the huge challenges we have is precisely as you described it, you know, in terms of um, kid-safe content. Because most kid-safe content, because it's, it's hard to be economically viable, is layered in with other non-kid-safe content. That's why we have a, a content policy that actually has four tiers in it. Um, and we, we expose that to everybody who works with us. So we're actually able to define what is kid safe at what levels in terms of 3, 7, 12. Um, it, it's part of the challenge that we are tackling. Um, and we give constant feedback to all the content uh, publishers in our network saying, look, you can't do the following things. We've kicked people out of our network. It's something we're known for doing. We've th uh, roughly three publishers a day applying to, joy, to join. We accept roughly one a week. It should give you a sense of where our standards are, I think. We, I'm being given really threatening signals. I think we, I think we ought to go. Thank you all very much.